0: How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Conti and Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) The first time they go offense, they take Jordan Love? They take (laughs) Jordan Love! Listen, Matisse Theibull will lock up... Matisse (laughs) Theibull! CP3. Oh my god. Chris Paul. Oh my god. Chris Paul, baby. Right, Will? Uh, Nope, I totally disagree. Welcome back to Conti and Nick, everyone. Uh, I'm Will Nicholson, and as always, I have with me Gino Conti. And uh, Gino, we, we got a little surprise for the, uh, the viewers today, don't we? Oh, Gino, yes, you there? we do. Okay, yes, perfect. Do. All right, so yes, we're going to switch do. it over yeah. to the scene real quick. Hey, there we go. We have, the, <laughs> we have the first ever uh, virtual Conti and Nick. Uh, what we're live. What Gino going? is in New Hampshire, and I am, I'm back in the studio. Gino's camping. Uh, Everybody,
1: this is from my podcast. Everyone, you're on live on
2: YouTube right now. Conti and Nick.
0: We got the whole Conti family. (laughs) We got the uh, the whole Conti family here for uh, a great episode of of Conti and Nick. They had to come through. Uh, Gino, you're you're in Connecticut right now, I believe, right? Or New Hampshire? No, I'm in New Hampshire. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Oh man. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) conti and nick is getting explicit (laughs)
1: hey listen and the
0: thing is jake hasn't even said nothing yet (laughs) i know right that's that's what i'm most scared of honestly you see him yeah i see him in the blue shirt
1: he's flipping off the camera
0: (laughs) (laughs) of course he is uh well yeah we're if you want special guest jake back in the show i know hey so this is a this is the night of first, all right. So, this, this, this is the first. This one.
2: Stop, <laughs>
1: well, Hey, you can talk for a little bit uh, if you want. Okay. Hey, uh, it doesn't have to be right now. But so we're talking about we're talking about uh, this is this is going to be an unorthodox episode. folks. I know, know. I know.
0: It's so, meant to be mayhem,
1: though. So this is we're talking the like, two things about football. I told you, right? Uh, no. Baker. So I told you we're talking about Baker because in all likelihood he's going to Carolina, and then we're gonna give Will some shit because he loves trey lance right but i am a like fan. i think he's gonna be so good he's gonna be the best quarterback of the bunch and i think so him. and he can yet to beat out jimmy garoppolo in preseason camp but but first we're going to talk about this outfit so we'll, we'll get Bulls, that out Bulls. of the way man yeah so where do you, so will mm. i want you to start off I think the I think it'd be good if we go basketball, football, football. That way it's not like basketball, basketball, basketball,
0: football. That's the order I I have my notes in too. That works out perfect.
1: um, Oh yeah, bro. All right, cool. So Will, I want you to start off because I usually give some opening takes about stuff. So give me your thoughts on last Celtics game and then give me some stuff that we gotta do in order to win this game. Because I'm curious.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing, I mean, the, the Celtics need to take care of, s- specifically Jason Tatum, is they need to take care of the turnovers. We've been losing the turnover battle like crazy. Uh, I think the statistic came out that when the Celtics have, I think it's more than 16 turnovers, we lose the game, obviously. But, uh, you know, the turnovers have been a real problem for us. Jason Tatum has been un- unable to take care of the ball. And when he gets going downhill, he makes the long uh, the wrong play a lot of the time. And uh, Jalen Brown, all series, has struggled with with ball handling. Uh there were there were a few calls in all there last off, night. All all, yeah, all playoffs, dude. Serious, it's, it's been insane the the way he's turned over the ball. Um and his his ball handling hasn't been there. There were a couple of calls I'll say in there hey, last help. night. Help. Of course. <laughs> I, I I brought it oh, out yeah. just for you, Conti. The the bottle I'm of course lights. Of course, of course. But uh yeah, no, I I uh I think it's gonna be important for them to um you know keep control of the ball. The turnovers have been the Absurd. I mean, I can't stress enough how bad the turnovers have been for the Celtics. Uh, it's It's been a struggle point. There were a couple of calls. I'll give them that last night where, you know, Grant Williams got his arm hooked and Jordan Poole was flopping. So there were calls like that that led to turnovers. But still, there's way too much of, of empty possessions just off turnovers, not even getting shots up because we've been shooting pretty well for the most part. But it's, it's just we don't get enough opportunities to get shots due to uh turnovers the other thing i would say is we need to be aggressive on offense that's a big thing for me uh you got to be aggressive even though the turnovers are happening you still you don't want to wind down the shot clock and put up some garbage with like five seconds left you want to score you want to keep being able to score you don't want to play conservative uh so be aggressive on offense and that's for both the uh, the superstars and uh, we got to keep guarding well i mean i think we've played pretty good defense throughout the series uh you know obviously steph curry is going to get hot he's the best shooter of all time and in my opinion, he could end up being the best point guard of all time, ahead of Magic Johnson. I know I get some flack for that, but I, I still stand by it. So uh, it's it's going to be really important for them to keep guarding well and not to, you know, give in to the offensive end and give up on defense, even though that's what Coach Ime Yadoka has said they're going to uh, to focus on. I think tonight will be a bounce back game. I think we take the game tonight, though.
1: Yeah, and you know what? We very well may, but in something that I really wanted to say for a little bit, okay, for some reason, we're a team that held Steph Curry. You say he's the great, or he may be the greatest point guard of all time soon. I'm not ready to say it because I think that at the end of the day, Magic is a more complete player in the more definition of the actual position, point guard position. So I don't think I'm going to be willing to I wouldn't say ever. I mean, if Steph Curry somehow developed stuff into his mid to late 30s, whatever, he may do it. But I'm not ready to say it yet. But I am definitely ready, and I've been ready for a long time now, to say, and I've said that before on this show, he is by far the greatest shooter of all time. There's no question, there's no debate about it. We held him to zero three-pointers.
0: I know, that was insane.
1: And we held him to zero three-pointers, and somehow, some way, we still looked like the most sorry, some of the most sorry team I've ever seen in my life.
3: I it, it, um,
1: um, do I do I sound whack when I say that?
3: Like, no, no that, not at all.
1: Listen, holding like again, holding Steph Curry to zero three point. I'm burping because I'm drinking to zero three
3: pointers in a game. That's it's un, it,
1: it, it's crazy to say, but it's unprecedented.
3: Yeah,
1: it's unprecedented and in, it's in good. I'm sorry, it's elite. Nothing but elite level defense. I don't understand how, yes, we do struggle. Yes, we do. Oh, my God, Jake, stop it. <laughs> Jake is giving me obscene pictures and obscene photos. <laughs> but anyways, I don't understand how we're able to do that on the defensive end of the floor, and yet still we look so defeated. We look like we don't stand a chance out there. And let me tell you, if we won only one game, if we were down 3-1 to this team, I'd be
3: like, like you know, so, uh, uh, Conti we're starting to, uh, to
1: lose We got a fluke game in game One That's what happened with Orlando and Milwaukee A couple of years ago it's happened many of other Times in this Series we've won two games Against this team we've won Two so the one wasn't a fluke The one was not a fluke we've proven we can Consistently beat this team
2: Now hey, I got a question real quick Yes, Jake. So, who's more important to get hot this game, Jalen? One word, a dog. And then, so who's better? Who's better for the first Brown and this whole playoffs? When he gets hot early, the team ends up doing well, and Tatum picks up the slack for that second half.
0: Who is more I, important? I actually think it's more important for Jalen Brown to, to get hot. I agree with you. You know, like you said, when Jalen's playing well, it feels like the whole team is is playing well because Tatum can score, right? T- Tatum rarely has a game where it's like, oh yeah, he played bad, you know, on the stat sheet or just to, to Celtics fans. He always go gets in his 20 and he'll go and put up points, but when Jalen plays well, I mean, it feels like a real spark plug for the rest of the team and then it's not just, okay, we got to double team Tatum, make him go downhill and try and get him to make a turnover. So I agree with you. It is actually, I believe it's Shailen Brown who needs to get hot.
1: And, and kind of to your, to your point, well, I, I agree because whenever J- Jason Tatum has a tough night shooting, say he doesn't get his usual stat line. If he gets like, I yeah, say about 12 to 15 points in that game, I really do think, and Jake and I, we, we talked about this last time Jake was on the show in person that Jalen, I'm sorry, Jason Tatum really has improved in becoming somebody who when he is struggling to facilitate more to know kind of just a step back and let Jalen run the offense or whoever's hot al or marcus smart or pritchard or white you know like he's a lot better at making sure that he facilitates to whoever the hot guy is and i completely agree and jason tatum still has the tendencies that me and jake can't stand but i do believe that jason tatum has tremendously improved and will continue
0: no, absolutely. Tatum has been great at facilitating. The one knock still is that uh, the turnovers are just too much for him right now. It's you know he's been good at facilitating, but he he ha- he still has to add another aspect to his game when it comes to moving the ball and finding the right guy. He's shown that he has the ability to do it, but I think it comes with experience. And he's you know as his career goes on, he's going to keep on getting double teamed. Uh, teams are defense are going to just keep throwing looks at him that he's not exactly ready or prepared for. And he's got to be able to, you know, make the extra pass. And he's improved. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, maturity in Tatum with his uh, ability to swing the ball and, and get the ball out to open teammates. But the turnovers are still a problem. If I'm Jason Tatum, I'd like to see a 10 assist game. I would. I, I think he's got the possibility against his team to, to go and get 10 assists. So uh, it's, it's going to you know, this game is going to be tough, but I do think Tatum oh, dude, needs he, to had... What's that, sorry? You kind of cut out there.
3: I think we're
2: losing Conti. I soon. want to see a LeBron 27. I want to see a LeBron stat line, 27-7-7 from Tatum. I would Just love to see that, too. Good? Yeah, Can we're, good, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: you're good. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's a little... So, folks, we do apologize. I'm in New Hampshire. I'm in a campground right now and the connection is very spotty so there's going to be points in time where you it's know gonna like, happen. it doesn't it doesn't look you know but it's fine you know we're here we're doing it and i'm having fun we're yeah. having fun it's different it's a different
0: it is different look. experience why Gino's camera is also right. half a second behind too so if you notice you know, that i nah, mean
2: it is what it is i got another bring up to you will whatever it's fine Okay. Now, Will, I got another question to ask you. I brought this up to uh, to Gino during the last game. Now, do you think if Ime during the season earlier on and even then they'd have more confidence for this finals, and we could rest our key
3: players Brown
2: and Tatum? Uh, Rob even a little more. Yeah, yeah. So Marcus, it, it was it was spotty right there for have a little better bit. Chance because but... right now we're seeing a Warriors
0: team that has a deeper bench than. Do you get what I'm trying to say, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're trying to say. You're you're saying that should maybe later in the season we should have rested our guys instead of maybe shooting for the the two seed. I don't think so because I think it's been a big part of this team's culture to go out and be like, okay, we don't care who we play. You know, all the teams in this league are great. And uh, that's it's kind of like the the hard nose culture that uh, Ime Yudoka has kind of put together on on this squad. But I, I don't think resting players right now is a good idea. No, or you know, just earlier in the playoffs. Well, well, well. Okay,
2: that's I, I might think, I might have misinterpreted. No, no, I, th- I. That's the way I like this all to play. I'm saying, do you think during maybe more, not. Maybe more blowouts or maybe during... Like Detroit versus bad teams. Yeah. Like, when we have time to get our players, our bench players in, our more inexperienced players, in earlier on in the season, I'm not saying when we're getting, like, towards the late of the season when it really matters. I'm saying when it's really time to really rotate them more. Give our players more of a little time to rest during a game. So... Our younger players, our bench players, have more experience coming to playoffs, coming to the finals, as you see now. And most game, you see Brown and Tatum, they're going the whole game, if not just 40. They're going 40-plus minutes a game, really, right now. Yeah. It, it's tiring them out. It's making them create bad shots. They're missing. Tatum airballed. I don't know how many shots.
0: Yeah, a couple game. of threes late in the game. His legs, you know, just gave out on. the shot
2: exactly do you think now that if we had bench players with more experience more confidence playing in a game with this team it would help us right now
0: um. Well, look, I I don't believe so because I mean, who who are we talking about here? I I don't think we can play Pritchard in this series. I don't think you know Neesmith is, is really a guy who would fit in. I actually think Neesmith is probably going to get traded or cut soon. I don't I don't think he's a very good uh, NBA player. I think he he's got to develop maybe a little bit more in in the G League or something like that. But uh, it's it's difficult right now. See, I, well, I
1: I gotta disagree with you. I I really do with the whole thing on Aaron Neesmith. You got to understand, this guy was tasked in the whole playoff series with the Miami Heat, the Eastern Conference Finals. This guy, when asked, when his number was called, when Marcus Smart and them were all out, he came out with onto the floor and into the game with zero, you know, rhythm, with zero flow, you know, he inconsistently shot, I'm, I'm sorry, he inconsistently played, and yes, it led to him inconsistently shooting, inconsistently playing, but you know what never really and truly, you know, disintegrates the defense. You know, so you can work with a good guy. I actually, I praise Aaron Niesmith honestly, a lot more than some people for his performance in the last series. And I think that Aaron Nismith definitely, yeah, like he needs to somehow, way get a rhythm with his shot. But maybe that leads to more playing time in the regular season. You know, and I definitely think that losing Josh Richardson actually opens up next season some playing time for him. Because I think Aaron Niesmith, you know, like I, I think he is to be commended for the defense he played in last, last series. And I, if he's able to get that shot going, I mean, think about it. We all said the same thing about Grant Williams. That's so right. And, and Aaron Neesmith is the opposite. So, I mean, if Aaron Neesmith can get that, that shot going at being dubbed as a sharpshooter and continue that defense he played in a conference finals with zero flow... I think Lee Smith can be a very important bench piece.
0: See, I, I'm not saying not work with him, right? I'm not saying, you know, just, you know, send him away somewhere else. I mean, maybe you could trade him for a better piece. Right now, I just don't think he's a good NBA player. I think he's got a lot of flaws. Well, he does have a lot of heart, and he, he is a very good athlete, we saw. Uh, I think there's stuff he needs to work on. Defensively... I mean, there was a couple of times, yeah, he's athletic and he can jump high, but sometimes he took some fouls he didn't have to. His shot has – this isn't just an in-the-playoffs thing. His shot has you know, consistently been inconsistent throughout the season, and he was drafted for shooting. So I, I think he needs to work on that aspect. And I, I'm saying I think he needs some time in the G League to develop because right now he's he's on the bench, and I don't really think he's getting better there. So I'd, I'd like to see some development. I think he could be a good player right now. He's, he's not a good NBA player. He's not a guy that you – uh you you keep on on your bench and keep a roster spot so uh, i don't know i i would like to keep him maybe in, well, in the g league and develop him. i agree with cool. what you said about grant williams
1: but, but this thing like most players get better by playing you know like obviously in practice you you hone your skills you hone your you know technique and you hone you hone your craft but, again, like Jake is saying, in games against Detroit, in games against Orlando, lower-seeded teams, you know, guys who don't really, you know, compete and like, non-competitive franchises, that would be the time to get guys like Neith Smith a rhythm. You know, listen, like, a shooter is not—it's its very, very difficult, even if you are dubbed a sharpshooter, if you're not given consistent time to come out and just expect somebody to be the sharpshooter that they're dubbed to be. You know, you got to give them that time
0: yeah no I I agree I just I think it's hard to kind of work him in to to the rotation I mean you're trying to win games you're trying to compete I mean I don't think you play Aaron Nismith just to play Aaron Nismith, you know what I mean I think you gotta get him into into some type of development I mean we drafted him for shooting he hasn't been able to shoot so it's it's tough but um yeah overall I mean it's uh, the Celtics are in a good place. I think Aaron Nesmith needs some work. I really am not seeing the. Uh, no, all right, Brady, get out of here. We're live. You're you're on oh. camera. Oh. Gino says hi. The first virtual content. Hi, next. Gino. What's up, dog? How you doing? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> i Big J. Who's that? What? It's Gino and Big Jake. Is that Big Jake? What's up, Big Jake? Hey, you guys want to see my baby Yoda boxes? <laughs> Showing I them off. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? flash. <laughs> That'd be bad. Hey, hey,
1: Brady, Brady, wanna know? I think so, Aaron know what was said.
2: the worst pick in that draft.
1: I agree. Arguably. Brady, wanna know what I said the other day at your party? He's gone. What did you say though? So I I told you, but Charlotte made a short joke to me, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, and she was like, oh, ha ha ha, sorry. Like I have all these short jokes, and I go, yeah, I know you've been with Brady for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> So I mean, really and truly well, just to kind of get back to the Celtics and start to um wrap this conversation up a little bit, I mean, do they do they have a chance? Are they gonna come out demoral? I mean, obviously, yes, they have a chance. That's a stupid question, but are they gonna do you believe they're gonna come out demoralized like they came out last game? You know, because we saw how crucial last game was, and they came out like they didn't even give a damn. Do you really think that they're going to, you know, have that urgency or is this just going to be, you know, rinse loud the repeat of last game?
0: Uh, No, I think they're going to come up with some urgency. I think we're going to we're going to score quick. I think that's going to be one of the the big keys is when the game starts tonight. We're going to score really quick. We're going to get a lot of good open looks quickly. I think they're really determined. I think they know that they're at home. They're a good road team. Uh, You know, following a loss, we're always pretty good. So I I think we're going to come out tonight with some some urgency. And I think the guys are really determined that if we can win tonight, I think that they think they have a very good chance to close it out in Golden State on Sunday for Game 7. So I think they come out very urgent tonight and kind of be like, all right, we need to play well tonight. It has to happen. Obviously, it's the last game of the season. but
3: I sure hope so, you know,
1: and... I kind of want to let this be a segue. Listen, Draymond Green in the last game, Like, I do not like to blame the refs for a lot of things because I really and truly believe that if you play your game, if you play to your true style of basketball, and that's a winning style, you will ultimately come out the victor. Sometimes, obviously, you tip your cap because everyone loses sometimes, right? But we saw Draymond Green. We saw him following Jason Tatum to the Celtics bench him when Jason Tatum wasn't doing a damn thing. We saw Draymond Green when Steve Kerr late in the fourth quarter was questioning whether or not he should challenge. We saw him stomping his feet and screaming on the floor to challenge it and, you know, huffing and puffing and pouting and everything. You know, I personally think that the officiating, especially in recent years, even with instant replay, really and truly has gotten to an all-time bad. I don't know if you agree with me well when I I say that. I do. It's been awful. It leads the question, and this is kind of more of just like a little quick five-minute topic thing here. Do you think that in the, maybe not the immediate future, but in the near future, I'd say probably within the next five years, moving officiating, not in just basketball, in sports, to artificial intelligence would benefit the sport, or would benefit all sports in major leagues?
0: Um... I, I actually don't think so. I, I disagree with having AI, uh, making calls. What I am for though is you know maybe putting. Uh, I've been hearing this a little bit, you know, just loosely, but you know how you can never tell in the NFL where you know if there's a pile on if there's a touchdown or not because it's so you know jammed up. Maybe put like some type of sensor in the ball and have artificial intelligence be able to see you know, if the sensor of the ball breaks the plane. I mean, we have the technology to do this at this point. I mean, we have 360 rail cams. I mean, why not just upgrade it to the next level? But having artificial intelligence refs? No, I, I think that refing is a very emotional thing. And, you know, I, I think it adds a, another aspect, having someone actually being there and refing. But as far as, like, instant replay goes, yes, I think we should, you know, implement artificial intelligence into the game.
3: Oh, did we lose Conti? Gino? Hello? <laughs> Alright. Okay. So here's more of a question for you, Jake. I know I was kind of on the spot, sorry. But uh Jake's a big big baseball fan. You know, and did we no, I'm here. Hello. Yeah, you you're, good, you're good, yeah, yeah. Hi. Hello. You're okay. good, you're good, you're good. Can you hear me? So yeah, sorry Jake. This is uh, this is kind of a anonymous spot question for you. But uh I'm um, I'm not All right, we're, we're, lo- we're, we're we're losing Conti pretty hard. here. we're Hello, hello B. Having an artificial intelligence
0: on. Okay, so we're gonna mute Gino real quick. Uh, we've pretty much lost him. Gino, if you can still hear me, I would. Uh, I'd recommend just going over to uh, to voice because you know, we couldn't even hear uh, a word that you're uh, you're saying there. But no, I, I think refing is a very important thing. It's very hard, um, and I-, I think it's a very emotional thing. So I, th- I think it's uh, difficult for. Uh, you know an, an artificial intelligence to you know feel human emotions and and stuff like that So I'm not for uh, having artificial intelligence, but I, I can see where the the hype would be for having it uh, Brady is in the background Um, But no, I hold on let me Gino's back in the call let's Hello
3: Gino, <laughs> you there? Yo,
1: can you see me now? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear and see you now. Hello? Okay, so um, did you hear any of the question that I asked Jake? Uh, no, I pre- pretty much if,
0: if he was for it.
1: Okay, no, so I, pers- I asked him a baseball question. I asked him if, and I'll, if you don't mind answering again, I asked him if, because like I said, this is just for sports. Um, do you think that if um, an umpire should be artificial inter- intelligence for baseball? say like balls and strike calls and then like literally like you know throwing out on base like close base calls you know if you made it or out of your safe
2: so so basically and this goes for all sports I do not think a robot umpire robot ref is the way to go just because it loses that human aspect because we make mistakes and if you get a robot but calling every single thing what's right, what's wrong, it's not really, you don't really get that miracle anymore in sports, I feel like. So I say human refs, umpires, even if it goes against the team I'm rooting for, uh, is the way to go. That's what I personally think.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, Jake. I think, it, you know, like I said, sports is a very. Emotional based thing, and I feel like having an artificial intelligence, it really doesn't, you know. If if there's a big call, it's like you're well, you're not gonna get that call at this time in the game. You know what I mean? Like uh, I hate stuff like that. Like I hate when guys just kind of throw their bodies in the fourth quarter to try and get yeah. fouls. Yeah, and uh, I think if you're a ref, you can be like, you know, that's that's not the type of game we're playing. You know, so I disagree with having artificial intelligent refs.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's like a cool little. Well, just- Five minute thing that I wanted to delve into because I did think it was like an an interesting question or just an interesting little quick thing to go over, you know. So um, wait, you can hear me good, right? Yeah, you're good. All right. So um, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to talk about Baker Mayfield. I'm ready too. Let's do it. Cool. So Baker Mayfield. For those who haven't heard, um, the trade is not confirmed. There is no actual specific deals in the works, but over the last couple days, there have been talks. That Baker Mayfield to the Panthers has become a priority for both teams to make in terms of a deal and an agreement for, you know, compensation to be sent to Cleveland, and then and sorry, compensation, obviously in the form of Baker Mayfield or others, to be sent to the Panthers. So what do you really and truly think will um, a, a Baker Mayfield trade to the Panthers would do for this team, for the Carolina Panthers? Would they return to prominence?
0: Well, first let me say this. I think that Baker to the Panthers number one is uh, is very unlikely. If we remember towards the uh, the beginning of free agency and kind of the the end of the football year, uh, this came out that you know, well, Baker could be you know a, a potential landing spot when they you know wanted to move on from Baker, and that report came out. Carolina was an option, and Carolina pretty much said we're not looking to get Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield said I don't want to be a Carolina Panther. It seemed like a very Mutual thing, so uh, I'm I'm gonna call you know BS on on all these rumors. I don't think that this is going to to happen. I don't think either of them have interest uh in in playing for one another. You know whether it's Baker and the Panthers or the Panthers and Baker. I don't think it's a fit. However, if it were to happen and maybe there's been a change of heart that we don't know about, I think this could be a very good thing for uh the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield. Number one, you're not going to be playing in Cleveland. I mean that that's a known. Deshaun Watson's there uh and even if you know he's he's suspended for the the rest of the season or the beginning of the season or whatever that might look like baker mayfield's not going to play i mean i i wouldn't play for the cleveland browns after what they've kind of dragged him through uh and i wouldn't blame him for not wanting to play uh so i would like for them to um you know get baker a shot maybe and i think he'd be a good player on the panthers i think they got a good young core they still have Steph uh Stephon gilmore on that defense and they still have uh, uh, the corner. No, no, I always forget. Colts. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Who's the the corner that they drafted? Uh, they, so
1: they drafted JC Horn. JC Horn, and then they traded for C- they traded for CJ Henderson, and then they got Dante Jackson, who they extended. He was a fifth round pick a couple of years ago, and he's really good.
0: Sure. So I mean, like the division could be competitive. I mean, the Bucks still probably own it, but. Other than that, I mean, you're gonna if you're the Panthers, I mean, you could have a playoff shot. Uh, you know, re- like when you think about it, I mean, you, maybe you're gonna get some easy wins against the the Panth- uh not the Panthers, sorry, you're gonna get some easy wins against the Falcons and the Saints because I don't think they're gonna be very good teams this year. So you're gonna get some easy wins in that regard. So you know, it's it's a possibility, but um. No, I I think it would be a good thing for Baker Mayfield to kind of prove everyone wrong and that he can still play football. And I, you know, Robbie Anderson's still there, and uh, he'd be better than Sam Darnold. The one thing I would say that also holds us back is Matt Corral. Well, I do think Matt Corral needs to sit. Um, Baker obviously is not the future, so it's it's a weird fit. But personally, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Gino, I want to know your take though on on all this.
3: So. So real quick though, well, I'm kind of curious as to what you just
1: said. Um, obviously we know Baker Mayfield's young, like we don't need to go over that. But I do think that, legitimately, I don't think obviously him being better than or being the best quarterback in his draft class, that shit is it. Okay, but I do. Think think that he definitely can be, you know, your your starting quarterback in a playoff level team. I mean, we'll get to it. We'll get to Jimmy G a little bit later, but if Jimmy Garoppolo definitely can, then Baker Mayfield can. And that that's kind of my take real quick. So, could be a future to a well-rounded team and to him well, because a couple years ago, I mean, God knows how long. So, I think Baker Mayfield, I mean, yeah, you drafted Matt Corral, but I think
0: Baker Mayfield could
1: truly and truly be a long-term starter for this team. I I, want to know why you don't think
0: so. Uh, I I 100% agree that. I think Baker Mayfield could be a starting quarterback on a a playoff team. He's not the worst quarterback in the league for sure. He's still young. I mean, uh, when he was injured, he he didn't play well. But the fact that he played through injury I think is is very big. Um, I don't think he would be a – absolutely. I don't think he'd be a starter long-term for this team just because I think – that they want someone to kind of be their guy, right? And I think that they really like Matt Corral and, uh, you know, they want to develop him, obviously. Baker would be a good starter for a couple of years, but, um, you know, right now, if you're the Panthers, you're pretty much in a, a full rebuild, you know, other than, you know, maybe you make the playoffs because your division is bad and you get some easy wins, but pretty much they're, they're in a rebuild. I think that they're going to be looking to have a, a high draft pick in the, uh, in the near future, so I think, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, you you could just get a veteran quarterback to kinda go out there and start and then you start Matt Corral like halfway through or whenever you feel he's ready. Get a top five pick in the draft and go out and get uh the piece and I think Matt Rule's a pretty good guy at uh drafting. I think he's a good coach. You know, at least at this moment he's he's done good things, so uh you know, I, they they just gotta keep developing. They need talent on this roster though. They don't have a whole lot of talent, so you need to go out. Well and let get me that. let
1: let me tell you this because I, I I don't I'm not saying I completely and utterly disagree with you because they absolutely do need some more pieces, but that defense is good. That defense is pretty sure legit. Yeah. that their secondary that secondary, I listen, if the young players pan out, okay cause Jeremy Chin is a very good safety too. If the secondary pans out, CJ. Henderson comes to form and JC. Horn comes back from injury and Dante Jackson plays like he's capable of playing. And Brian, they have they have one of the premier, premier pass rushers in this league too. And Brian and Burns, and not a lot of people talk about him. Not a lot of people do. Okay,
3: that defense is legit. That defense is absolutely legit. And listen, let's not let's not gloss over Robbie Anderson. He's a good receiver.
1: Let's not gloss over um what's it called? DJ Moore. He's a one thousand yard receiver. Sure. Yeah. Baker Mayfield when he has the pieces around him, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the league. So let's not discount here what Baker may do when he has around him. I personally believe he's a pro bowler once around him with the right talent. And if you have a pro bowler guy, a potential pro bowler, when you give him the right situation. In my opinion, unless Matt Corral outs Fayfield as long as you can, did you even extend him? I don't, do you feel
2: the same, Jake? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I agree with you, Gino, because Baker has all the talent in the world. If he goes to Carolina. Reality's a great team. At the same time, it's the best thing, because it basically gives, uh, Cleveland the middle of finger for the way they treated Baker, which, okay, which was, is
3: completely unfair.
2: Yeah. Now, I think you might see. Cleveland, if Baker does go to Carolina, revert back to
3: uh, uh maybe five and, uh,
0: five and- all right we're we're losing you again, uh big time uh Gino, if you can hear me, uh I would leave the uh the call and try and join back with uh with just voice instead of uh audio. So try try and join back with uh with just uh, voice because I think I think the video is lagging you out pretty bad so uh, hold on one sec hello yo okay I, I would just stay on this just because I think the video is uh is taking down the quality and I want to hear what uh what Jake has to say so I we pretty he pretty much left off on uh Baker Mayfield has has all the the talent in the world is is the last thing that I heard
2: yeah well alright yeah like I was saying Baker has all the talent. He's a first-round pick. He did great at Oklahoma. Now, and he's had very good seasons in Cleveland. And, again, going back to him playing Hurt last season. Now, I want to make similarities to the Derek Carr debate a lot of times when everyone started hating on him when he broke his back and he was still playing. Not at the best level, but still at a very high level. Compared to other quarterbacks, but now say if Baker gets traded to Carolina, Carolina gets better. Um, Cleveland continues to get to get worse. Where I'll see Cleveland going like maybe a five and twelve team, especially with their big signee, their big tradee, Deshaun probably being out for the season. Baker won't want to play there. You might see Carolina going similar. Maybe 5-12, and 12, if not better. Because hopefully if they get Baker, Robbie Anderson might not want to retire. He helps out that receiving court by getting the ball to him them a little better. Helps out hopefully getting to Christian McCaffrey again. Maybe not needing to rely solely on him. They actually got a quarterback that can move the ball around. And Christian McCaffrey can be more of a receiving back instead of being an all-around
0: back. Jake, I, I want to ask you so really quick. Do you think that they should trade Christian McCaffrey due to his injury history, or should he be kicking it around there? Because he's making a lot of money, and he's not contributing to winning right now. So,
2: Right now, Carolina will get enough for Christian McCaffrey. Now, say you get Baker Mayfield going there. They have a good season. McCaffrey brings up his stock a little bit. Trade him after the season, maybe even at the midpoint of the season. But you want to wait till he gets a little bit higher in stock right now because I know he's a big contract, but still if they can get a little more from him. I'd kind of hold out yeah, I, and
1: let's
0: not, I think he's got to get traded though
1: and let's not gloss over the fact that listen, like Baker Mayfield has all the capabilities in the world to sling the ball and as big of a passing threat or a, yeah passing threat or a threat in the passing game as Christian McCaffrey is. Definitely him being able to sling that ball, unlike Darnold can't consistently, obviously unlike him, he could towards the end. You know, that really pays dividends, and that really lets Christian McCaffrey just be more of a true running back until he's ready to come back to his true self
0: and be that fully dynamic player. I mean, I, I would like Baker to go to the Carolina Panthers strictly because I think that RPO with Christian McCaffrey would be very deadly. I think that would be an insane dynamic to have. And like I said this division isn't good like they're not going to beat the Bucks out but you know they're going to get a lot of easy wins against the uh Falcons and and uh the Saints. So I this team kind of reminds me of you know the Eagles team last year where it's uh you know maybe they'll they'll be okay but you know who they might be a playoff team. Who knows? Yeah.
1: And and, and again like kind of before we go on to our trailance topic I want to reiterate that listen this guy Baker Mayfield has the full capabilities to be able to be a Pro Bowl level guy and you don't think that especially now with everything Cleveland Cleveland has put him through he doesn't have a major chip on his shoulder more than he already does. I truly think that, listen, I understand, yes, you drafted Matt Corral. I understand that, yes, you would potentially like him to be somebody who you do not have to pay. And you might want to just get rid of Baker just so you don't have to pay him and you roll with Matt Corral. But let me tell you something. A guy like Baker Mayfield in that locker room with a chip on his shoulder and somebody who has been mistreated and who is willing to give his all to this team and prove that he is a starting caliber guy, who, and when the only reason he received doubts was because he was hurt, and he didn't even sit out, he played hurt. He played hurt, and yet people still think he sucks because, yes, when you're injured, you don't play as well. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to not like a man, or not think a guy is good for that. This guy has every capability in the world, in my opinion, of being a Pro Bowl-level quarterback, and if I'm Carolina and he does... Show and he does play to the way that I'm talking him up. I don't care about Matt Corral. I don't. Sure. I keep him. I keep him. I keep Baker Mayfield as long as you possibly can until it gets either redundant or until he eventually just doesn't play as well as he's capable of.
0: So I actually want to uh, agree with you real quick about the the whole injury thing when it comes to athletes because it's insanely hypocritical. You have a guy like Baker Mayfield who, you know, plays through injury and it's like oh why would he even play you know why is he playing hurt you know with all the medical advances you know he's just not playing and then you have guys who you know decide okay i'm not going to play because i'm injured right now and i'm not going to play as well and it's going to further my career then you have people be like oh but you're a professional athlete and this is what you get paid to do it's hypocritical it really is, and I think that's why it comes down a lot to the, the guy's decision. Baker Mayfield felt like he still could offer the Cleveland Browns something while he was hurt, and it's commendable for him to, to go out and play. But, uh, you know, there's guys like Anthony Davis who just need to get on the court. They absolutely need to get on the court because they're better when they're out there. So it's it's tough. It's a hard thing when it comes to, to injuries and athletes because we do really only know so much. But, um, no, I, I agree with you. I think he'd be great on the Panthers. I just I got to be honest, you know, I don't see it happening. I, I really don't see, uh, you know, not even for a, f- a fit, because I can see the fit. I, I can see how this could, you know, want to happen. But it's came out that Baker doesn't want to play for the Panthers, and the Panthers don't want Baker. Maybe something's changed, but I, I don't think this is a possibility.
1: One, though, it's changed. He's going to be able to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, that's true, I guess. So let, me, so let
1: me put you on the spot real quick before okay. we move on. Go for it. If you're the Carolina. If you're the Carolina Panthers, the trade happens. Baker Mayfield has a Pro Bowl-level season. You're now faced with a decision. You trade Baker Mayfield or you get rid of him, let him move on, or you extend him knowing you have Matt Corral. What do you do?
0: I mean, uh, yeah, if he plays well, I think you extend him. And then maybe you let Matt Corral sit back for a couple more years and you know until he's ready. Uh, he's a guy who's going to have to develop. But, uh, yeah, I think you extend him there easily.
1: Cool. Cool, cool. I'm 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 glad with that answer. I thought you were gonna say get rid of him. No. So I'm happy with that.
0: <laughs> if the guy if the guy's playing well, you pay him. It's it's how it should work.
1: Good. Alright, man. So you ready to move on to Trey? I am. So I'm gonna set you up with a question here. Well. Okay. Let me so two years ago, obviously. I'm sorry, well last year, Trey Lance was drafted. Okay, number three overall, San Francisco 49ers. There was lots of speculation on whether or not him, Mac Jones, maybe somehow, some way, if Zach Wilson fell or whoever, Justin Fields, maybe even you know whatever it may have been. There was a lot of speculation as to who would be the number three pick, and the only people who knew were John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Which is, first of all, great job by the two men. Being able to keep the press away, being able to keep everything away and speculate everything. That's a great job by those two. And I'm happy. Not,
0: not even the press. Everyone in the 49ers organization didn't know until the pick was in, they had no idea. Absolutely. It was yeah, just yeah, Shanahan good, and Lynch. Good, yeah, that was good point.
1: it. Good point. You know, absolutely a good point. And, and, and yeah, so in that case, even better job. Are you concerned, Will, that at this point, the 49ers have not looked to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo? to make it so Trey Lance can finally be that guy now that he's had a year to sit under Jimmy Garoppolo. Because listen, before you answer that question, I'm all in favor. I am all in favor of bringing back the old school way of letting first round guys or whoever, whatever round you draft them in, letting your future of the franchise quarterbacks sit for a couple of years like Aaron Rodgers did, like Jimmy Garoppolo did. I I am in favor of that happening. But at the same time, this is the number three overall pick, and Jimmy Garoppolo, for some reason, has a lot of questions to him and isn't the most talented quarterback in the world. Does this concern you that he is not, you know, kind of just given the keys right off the bat?
0: Uh, no, no, it doesn't. Because, I mean, when you draft Trey Lance, I mean, you knew what was there. He's got a big arm. He's athletic. Uh, you know, There's a lot of things to like with, with Trey Lance, but the one thing was, okay, the last time he took a snap, he played one game in, uh, in 2020. And other than that, it was his 2019 or in 2021, sorry. And then he played one game in 2020. So it's, uh, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing, but you saw the talent there. You saw him at his pro day. He looked good. I see even in the NFL. I mean, there's stuff he has to work on definitely, but, um, it's, it's tough. I I still have faith in him and I'm not worried. I'm not, I think that Trey Lance will, you know, when he's ready, I think he's going to turn out to be good. Uh, and I'm not concerned that he hasn't gotten the keys yet because if you're the 49ers, it's not like you're not competitive, right? It's not like, oh, we're a bad team and Trey Lance can't even play for us. No, you're a good team. You're competing. Jimmy G's known the system. He's been there for a while. So, uh, no, no, I'm not uh, I'm not too worried about this right now. Um, and I'm confident he's going to be good when, when he's a starter. I mean, he's got to catch up to the NFL level. He's got to catch up to the NFL speed. I think we're going to see a lot of good stuff from him in uh, in preseason, actually. I think, uh, you know, like the episode we did, uh, you know, a, almost a, a year ago or last summer where we talked about the guys and the quarterbacks to, in their uh, their preseason uh, games. And I feel like Trey Lance is going to be one of those guys we're talking about and be like, okay, he played well in the preseason. It's only a matter of time. I think it's, it really feels like Jimmy G is on the clock. And I feel like Trey Lance might even get some starts this year. But no, I, I'm not worried um, I think he'll be a really good quarterback, uh, when, when he does end up starting.
1: So let me ask you, other than like you said, having time, you know, and knowing the system, what is your opinion on the talent of Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: Uh well he's obviously a below, you know, average talent guy. Doesn't really have a big arm, doesn't really you know, wow, you he's got the accuracy for the most part though, and you know, as long as Jimmy G makes uh like, you know the right reads the 49ers have a fighting chance in a lot of their games which i mean i, I can see why they wanted mac jones now when-, when you look back at it and that was rumored at number three because i mean that that's mac jones bread and butter i mean mac jones didn't really lose the patriots a game this year they didn't he didn't really win us any games but he didn't lose a game and uh you know i, I think i can see the the like for mac jones at-, at that spot now but i think they really are taking this risk of okay we're gonna add a whole another dynamic to uh, to our offense with the athletic ability of uh, of Trey Lance, but you know Jimmy G, he doesn't have that right. He doesn't have that that next level of what the NFL is becoming right now with kind of being a, a dual threat quarterback. So I, I I like the risk of that they took. I'm still pretty confident in it because I think he could turn out really really well. But you know Jimmy G, not that talent or as far as a, an athlete. Uh, Compared to the other NFL quarterbacks, he's not up there, but he's an accurate guy. And, you know, while Trey Lance is way more talented, it's, you know, I I think he's still got to go through the whole, uh, you know, process of fully being prepared. I don't, they don't want to throw Trey Lance into the fire.
2: Now, let me ask, let me bring up this point. Now, it is true that Jimmy G, not the most most athletic quarterback in the league. Not not the least athletic either. But you brought up an interesting point where Jimmy uh, sorry, Trey Lance brings a whole new aspect to the game plan. To, uh, almost changing the whole offense in a way because he's more of a mobile quarterback. Now everyone brings up the Patriots, how Belichick, huge playbook And he has every type of play for any type of player, basically. Because everyone was asking with the Cam Newton, how can Belichick use a player like him to fit a Tom Brady offense, a West Coast style offense. But Belichick already had that in there. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive coaches the league has seen. In a long time. Yeah, in a very long time. Can, do you don't you think that he already has that game plan before he even drafted Trey Lance, ready? So this just shows that maybe Trey Lance just still isn't ready yet, which is completely understandable. He was from a smaller D D1... one. It was Carson Wentz's school, right? It was yep. Yep. Car- North yeah North Dakota, Dakota, Dakota State. State. Yep. Uh, an FBS school. I Even though I know Jimmy G was from a D2 school, Easter, was Eastern, it Eastern, Illinois, Eastern Illinois, Tony Romo's um, almanac, um, well, whatever um, it yeah, no, is. I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Jimmy G also sat behind the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. So I think right now, they have the offense for Trey Lance, but he's still not ready yet. And they want to make sure that offense fits perfectly with every single player instead of having, like, oh, let's throw this new quarterback out there and have a a chink in the armor instead of having everything run smoothly and let's maybe win a championship before we can get Trey Lance in there.
0: Yeah, I I 100% agree with you there. I mean, you're winning games right now, right? So I don't don't really see the reason to rush Trey Lance. You know, is Trey Lance ready to go in there and take over? Maybe. You know, maybe he is. Maybe he's not. But, I mean, if you're the 49ers and you're Kyle Shanahan, you're winning games right now, right? You beat the Packers. You got to the NFC Championship. And they could have easily won that game. It it wasn't as, you know, as much as a blowout as maybe it looked, you know, on paper. The 49ers kept that competitive for a very long time. So, Um, I mean, why why would you right now try to change your whole offense around, you know, a kid who might not even be ready yet? So, I'm with you on that aspect. But, you know, I I think that Trey Lance, he's going to add a whole other aspect to this offense when he comes in. Um, But you're a championship contender right now. I I don't really see the need for you to... uh, to kind of throw trey lance out there and you know i know i know gino likes to kind of push in there and oh he's he's not ready and you know he he, this is the classic you know pre-draft where we get excited about someone and he rises up for no reason well i do agree i think justin fields was more pro ready i understand the trey lance risk right he's still sitting back um and you know, he might not be ready. He he might not. I think that's completely fine. I think you can catch a guy like him up to speed. I think he's a smart kid. Uh, you know, he passed all the tests at North Dakota State. Besides, obviously playing a, a good amount of games, he looked good when he was out there. But uh, no, I I don't know. I I don't I don't think you would, you need to rush Trey Lance right now. It's not necessary. Hey,
1: let me. So let me say this. It's like, I I agree with you too. So before I kind of say this. I agree with you, too, when I say that it is okay for, at this point in a player's career, like Trey Lance, to not be ready and to still need time to sit down behind a veteran. But let's, but let's look at this for a second, okay? Let me think about some of these people. Okay, Brett Favre was over Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers sat over uh, t- um, under a top 10, in my opinion, quarterback of all time and Brett Favre. And yes, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm about to use this example, is not an all-time great quarterback. But, he sat under Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, before he got that starting job. Okay, and my kind of whole point to this is, listen, say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. His talent clearly is not amongst the upper echelon of the league, but somehow, some way, the guy finds a way to find himself in a winning position. And my question to you to you guys to you guys is listen, I understand, I completely understand if the player still needs time, but you have to understand a lot of these guys that I mentioned, like Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers, taken in the late first round, the early second round, we're talking about the number three overall pick. And I I get it, but in my opinion, in the top 10 picks. You have to take guys who are ready to step onto the field day one and make maybe not make that immediate championship-caliber impact on your team, but still be able to show something right off the bat that gets you excited. I but Tra- Trey Lance I
0: can- is a different case, though. He is a completely different case, and they knew that draft in I mean, But how, how do we know that Trey Lance isn't ready? He, he might be, you know, uh, if maybe he is ready, but... You know they're saying we're competing right now, and you know maybe Trey still has some stuff to learn. It, I'm I'm less. I would be less concerned, or I would sorry, I would be more concerned if Trey Lance was on a team like the Chicago Bears and he still hasn't cracked the starting lineup. Red. That's where I would but, be concerned because the Bears aren't winning. Well, but, let
1: me say. But let me say this to you. So I I get what you're saying, but at the same time, if when you said, "Oh, who knows? Trey Lance isn't ready." If Trey Lance was ready. We are talking about, again, I'll repeat myself, the number three overall pick. Will, if he was ready, he would be playing over the man of a caliber like Jimmy Garoppolo, who, again, isn't the, he is an average to uh, slightly above average when he's on his game NFL talent. The number three overall pick, if he is ready, should be able to usurp Jimmy Garoppolo as the starter.
0: I mean, maybe, maybe he's ready, but the my point still says that uh, the offense is different, right? You're you're winning right now with what Jimmy G's doing and kind of being a you know a play action type of offense, and you know that's that's not really what Trey Lance does. He he's really good at pushing the ball down the field. He's got a big arm. He's athletic. He, Trey Lance is really a polar opposite quarterback of Jimmy G, and uh, you know that throws your offense off, right? So I, I think it would be a mistake to, to play Trey Lance this early. Like I said, I think we're going to see in training camp, I think we're going to see a lot of improvement from him in training camp and in the preseason. Well, does it
1: also, okay, maybe, but does it also not concern you because there have been reports that veterans do not believe that Trey Lance has earned that spot and they'd be upset if he were to, if he was to usurp Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm talking about the veterans who were in that locker room every day with him.
0: Well, veterans thought that Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to be good. So, I mean, uh, to a certain extent, you know, you, you got to take, you know, what they they say for Oh, no, we're we're good with Jimmy, you know, we're Jimmy's our guy and but, you know, I think once they start catching balls from trey lance i mean i think their mind might change he still has to work on his accuracy for sure and that's what Jimmy G does well he's you know overall a pretty accurate quarterback so um i i really it it's it's something to look at definitely but i'm not as concerned as i i think you might uh might be with this because where you're drafted is just a number right like we we know that trey we knew what the deal with trey lance was he's gonna have to sit for a year maybe two depending on what's happening And uh, then he's going to come in and he's going to, you know, he's still going to have his talent and then he's going to be ready for the NFL. So
2: I don't know. Honestly, it's a bigger thing that they figure out the whole Debo Samuel issue. That's their main concern
0: right now. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Now I'm fine with them getting Debo to be okay with playing one more year out, get rid of Jimmy G's contract and then taking that money for Jimmy G, move it to Debo. I'm very okay with that. It's just, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback right now. It all matters. It only matters what Debo is going to do. He's their number one right now in offense, no matter if it's running back, quarterback, receiver, or tight end. As much as I love So, yeah. So, right now, once they figure out Debo, everything else falls into place. It doesn't matter who, where.
0: I yeah, no, I agree with you. Debo is the number one guy right now. Uh, shout yeah. out to Ryan Brown too. He was in the chat saying what's up. So, what's what's, what's good, good, Ryan Killa? Brown? What's good, Kim? So, so let me
1: let, if you don't mind because I know we're kind of starting to wind down. But sure. Let
0: sure. me
1: let me just kind of give you again like uh, a kind of closing take on this whole thing. And I did, and I am going to kind of say say some things I already said before. So I apologize for the staleness or repetitiveness. But again, <laughs> Jake's now cussing me out. <laughs> but At the same time, listen, I understand Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe in terms of just the game plan or whatever, he puts you in a position to win. But again, you drafted the number three or you traded up pre-draft before the draft started. You traded up many a spots for this man because you believed that he was going to be your guy. Jimmy Garoppolo by no means is an aging veteran who's getting towards the end. He's somebody who is, you know, in his prime right now. He's somebody who's in his prime right now and doesn't have all, all the talent in that world, but is somebody who wins. And he's not, But he's not a world beater. You took the number three overall pick. You spent the number three overall pick on this guy. If, if he's not ready over Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of pure talent... At year two, that concerns me
0: no yeah i i i agree with you, you know i mean it's it's gotta be a little bit concerning, maybe, but like to an extent i I think that it's gonna be fine, right I think that trey lance is gonna turn out and be a great quarterback and you know, like I said, Jimmy G is winning football games. So why why would you pull him? You know what I mean? He's playing well. Why would you be like, okay, but we drafted Trey Lance third overall. Uh, that's that's well, the wrong because football if Trey move. Lance is
1: better, and then, listen, if they're a Final Four team with Jimmy Garoppolo, if Trey Lance is better, then they win the Super Bowl in theory, right?
0: Well, maybe not. It's a totally different offense right now. You're winning games with the an offense that you know Jimmy G almost benefits from, but it's his play style. And you know you're gonna have to. You, the, Trey Lance is gonna be a new era for them. Is is what it's going to be. So you need to kind of prepare yourself. Okay, this is the personnel that we're gonna need. For Trey Lance and you know getting the draft spot is just a number yes he was a number three overall pick but it, he's he was a risk we knew he was going to be a risk and we knew he was going to take time so I'm I'm not ready to, to kind of bail on him yet right I, I still think that he's going to be fine and I, like I said we'll see in preseason because I think he's going to have a very very good preseason I think people at the end of preseason will be calling for Trey Lance to start and maybe we'll see something happen I don't know
1: you know it may be you know, um, I don't know about you well, but I'm pretty satisfied on this.
0: I am, I am. Do uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll close out with this. I mean, if there's a guy that the uh, the 49ers really would uh, would have to draft, I mean, uh, who who would you think that they, they could put in that position? This kind of sucks
1: because it's going to be a little delayed more than usual. I know. <laughs> but, but to answer your question, well, I mean, it is the one and only. John, Gen- no!
3: Peace, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See yeah. ya.